Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our fifth annual Bald Move celebration of our favorite 80s and 90s action flicks. We call it the Badass Fest which is either the best or worst thing we do each year, depending on your point of view and who you ask. Um, this is the kickoff podcast. We're going to be talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall. It's all happening right here on Bald Move Pulp. Very fitting container for this annual festival. Uh, we're going to get that podcast for a minute, uh, in a minute, for many minutes, almost two hours. But first, I got a word on badasses. Uh, the, the engine that drives this diabolical machine is the three C badass certification system that we came up with completely shit faced about 13 years ago. Uh, Jim hit him with the first C champion. What is that C stand for? Uh, it stands for how much beef you got, how, how, uh, not just how much beef, but also how, uh, trimmed to fat is that beef? I guess. Because uh, it's all about uh, muscle mass, it's about size, it's about physically imposing uh, visages. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just how, like, just, just, just what, what is this physical uh, impression you get from this person when they, when they walk in the door? Does it hit you in the face? Is it impressive? I like uh, that it's our first C because it's such a stretch of C to call it champion but right we got there I, I remember when we were coming up with this we were really sweating like oh god we got what are we gonna do to see and uh mm-hmm. where did we come i think it came from like one of your friends description of like what you would call an alpha chad like you know uh him saying what a champion um maybe if i recall correctly uh the second c is character you know, it's it's something a lot of people miss in the 3C systems is that we are not ranking fictional people. We're ranking the actors that portray fi- uh, fictional people. And the way to pump up your character score is to have many roles in which you are a badass in Hollywood. And the bigger the badass role, the more points it counts. If you have an iconic badass role like Batman or James Bond wolverine that counts more than uh, just just you know if you're you're just holding a gun you ha- some someone just wanted on set and gave you a gun adrian brody uh that that that's that's uh, that's one role sure but it's going to count for not much against a conan the barbarian for example mm-hmm. finally the last c it's charisma uh it's the one that really weighs the actor uh most significantly, I guess, and their personality that they bring to the roles, because this is all about uh, the ability to lead people with your charisma. Uh, would you follow this person through the gates of hell and or would you follow this person through the bedroom doorway threshold, I guess, is in there, too. There, there's a little bit of all of that stuff in there. Uh, how charismatic are they? How How much do you instantly like them and want them to succeed and how much will you help them succeed this is a late addition to the 3c system because we couldn't account for people like uh bruce willis in particular you know this guy yeah. who plays an everyman 
not particularly physically buff, um, but yet, you know, he just uh, doesn't give a shit. Backs off people, uh, mouths off to the bad guys. Uh, that, that ineffable quality, charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all scored out of a maximum total of one, a minimum total of zero. And at the end, you get, uh, you know, a 2.5 C badass. There's currently t- two perfect three C's standing atop the list. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's uh, Sylvester Stallone. We are continually in a search for a third. There was, there was, uh, there was murmurs that Dwayne, the rock Johnson might be our third confirmed three C badass, but then, a lot of a lot of Shazam bullshit <laughs> happened. A lot of a lot of beefing with the uh, inter- beef interference, badass interference. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see if you can write the ship. Um, now, before we continue, I'm going to come right out and say it because um, this confuse. You know, we're, we're Jim and I are pretty egalitarian <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but but this this particular 80s 90s action hero way of being a badass is not the only way to be a badass, right? You could be a sure. badass teacher, inspire hundreds of children, impact the future of our country. It's fucking badass, right? You could be a mom, five foot nothing, 105 pounds soaking wet. You lift a car off your kids in some kind of accident-fueled emergency adrenaline dump. Uh, you know, uh, you, you can you, you can be a, 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 a the pillar of your community, a positive role model for all. But you know what? That kind of badassery is not found on a movie poster with a title like Maximum Impact or Hard Target or First Blood Part 2. So it's not an ideal to aspire to, right? Uh, it's just a very narrow slice of testosterone-soaked and frequently toxic masculinity. But, <laughs> but it's also a lot of fun and it's an appealing fantasy to a lot of people. So just one time a year... In the summer blockbuster season, we like to revel and dare I say wallow in this badass uh, badassery. Uh, there's also another point of contention with us in the Bald Move community. Not a lot of women to be mm-hmm. found in the Badass Hall of Fame gym. Uh, in general, people with uh, slimmer and shorter statures are penalized in our system. Uh, but, you know, you got plenty of short kings like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, that that make the list. Hell, those last two guys are on our on our badass Matt Rushmore. So mm-hmm. while historically women didn't get a shot at a lot of these badass roles, there's been some early pioneers. You think of Sigourney Weaver. You think of Linda Hamilton. Uh, women who were strapping on power suits, who were doing chin ups in the psych ward. They were getting shit done. They were they were there. They were building traps and lats. Uh, and you know, look at look at Natalie Portman. In, in, in Thor Love and Thunder. If if Black Swan, if Little Miss Black Swan can do a few steroid cycles, get swole and be found worthy, there's hope for anyone, right? So instead of relaxing our 3C criteria to be more inclusive, we're asking the people of Hollywood to hit the gym, fucking lift, get on some cycles, get on our level, okay? All right. Um, so yeah, I guess, and if, 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 you, if you like this stuff, great. This is what Pulp is going to be for a lot of this month. Uh, and if you don't, then uh, we'll return to our regular scheduled broadcasting in August. Um, to support these badass releases, we're doing badass debates each noon on Wednesday, except for this first one. We're skipping this uh, because of the holiday. Uh, but we're going to be hosting badass debates every noon, every Wednesday in July. Otherwise, July 12th, July 19th, July 26th. We're going to be debating some things. Uh, oof. 
oof, there might there the, the things might get heated on this. We're going to litigate whether Sylvester Stallone deserves his full three C's he's been awarded, but accusations of some stat pumping, accusations <laughs> okay. of nostalgia goggles, Jim. We're, so we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it. Uh, second and third, we'll be doing what we like doing, which is arguing about new inductees to the Badass Hall of Fame. We're going to be looking at a lot of shirtless pictures of actors and actresses in Hollywood. We're going to be gauging a lot of beef. We're going to be hitting IMDb and counting a lot of uh, a lot of badass roles. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. This will be happening on Twitch. Uh, we're also going to be reevaluating our Mount Rushmore of badasses as something also that can always uh, change. We've got uh, the Arnold, the Sly, the two Bruces, Lee and Willis right now. Will there be a shakeup? Um, now, let's just get on to the podcast. Uh, we recorded this live in a theater here in Cincinnati. Uh, so many people probably knew uh, it was a big hit. People came out, had a lot of fun. This was a great movie to see in a packed house full of crazy bald move fans that are mm-hmm. laughing at all the right lines. They're groaning at all the right stupid shit. Um, audio probably going to sound different than normal because we're not in our studios. We're in a theater. We got a live audience here, but that's uh, that that's fun. Um, and, you know, if you're wondering what's going on at the beginning of the podcast, because uh, it might not be clear <laughs> from the audio. Uh, Jim, what? You ambushed. You ambushed the, the the crowd and your co-host. What 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 were you pulling here? <laughs> yeah. So at the beginning, you, you'll just hear a lot of like clapping and laughing and uh, cheering. It, it, although you might also hear somebody going la 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 like Arnold does. Uh, yeah. Because I think you can hear that uh-huh. as I come running down the middle aisle wearing one of those cheap uh, Halloween costume muscle suits and uh, a pair of underwear just stuffed to the gills. Um, just stuffed Speedo-style banana hammock. Yeah. Bulging. Bulging. Right my Huge face. bulge. Uh, <laughs> and then I pose for a bit for the crowd, and they'll take their pictures. Um, I, feel, I feel like it was a good way to kick off. And the favorite thing about it is that Aaron had no idea I was going to do this. I did not. I, I hit no. the record button and I said, I'll be back, fittingly. Uh, I went to the bathroom with my backpack full of muscles, strapped them on, and then came running back in. And it was so much fun. See, if Jim can get to a 1C by hook or right, crook, anybody right. can. Uh, so, uh, the other, uh, other frequently asked question I've gotten a lot in the week since we have done this is, are you going to do another live event like this, um, in the future? What, what's the prog, what's the prognostication looking like? I think it's likely, uh, this format really worked well because I got to sit down at the theater and kind of feel the, the vibe of the crowd before we got on stage. Cause a lot of the times I'll just get up there and I'll have no idea what the crowd's thinking or feeling. But man, watching Total Recall, I got the vibe that everybody was kind of in the same space as I was, and that yep. really helped with the nerves. Yeah. Also yeah. the drinks. It, it also the drinks. It uh, <laughs> was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. They had a, they had a bar at the theater. We had a couple of Martian themed drinks. Uh, people were feeling no pain by the end of the night. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're I I had a lot of fun. I can't imagine us not doing this again. The the um, venue loved having us they have um, their biggest house is like two and a half times bigger than the house we packed out so there's room to grow um, so yeah I think the the odds are likely that we'll be doing more of these um, so so pay attention 
the social media at baldmove.com slash live going forward. Uh, and now, without further ado, our podcast on Total Recall. in on this what am I supposed to do with this what am I supposed to do with this alright 3C badass Jim Jones count it you heard it uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad the porch pirates got uh, Alexis's shirt and not that muscle suit yeah, because man. that is uh, there should be, it's a B. Crotch. Can, can you, cock. The four C's. The crotch. fourth C. Let's make crotch. it gender neutral crotch. Yes. Yeah, how impressive. You got that, that bulge, you got that fupa. We're all about measuring that. Is it too big? I mean, you know. I was worried. I tucked a lot under. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, sir, are you ready to... This is it. We're here? in the podcast. This is what we're releasing this to the public. This is what we're releasing? Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> wow. We got, a, we got a raucous crowd here. We do. Wow. This theater is almost full. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We moved some tickets in the last 24 hours, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to start? Sure. Like officially? All right. Uh, Do I look ready to start? <laughs> this is how it goes. You're going to see the whole, you might see some awkward dead air silences that Talith is going to have to edit out. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Pulp production. This is the kickoff for the Badass Fest. This is the fifth round of the podcast we're doing on the Badass Topic. We are joined live with us in-studio audience. Everybody make yourself be heard. Yeah! We are kicking off Total Recall, or I'm sorry, the Badass Fest in style with 3C certified Bald Move Badass Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall 1990s uh, action mind-bending uh, Martian spy alien thriller. It's directed by Paul Verhoeven, who's well known for blending graphic sex and violence with satirical social commentary. You've probably seen Robocop, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man. Uh, the man's a uh, subversive legend. Screenplay by Ronald Schusitz and Dan O'Brien. They co wrote Alien together. Pretty awesome. Uh, Ronald uh, optioned the rights for Philip K. Dick's We Can Remember It For You wholesale in the mid-70s. That's what you call a long-term play. <laughs> yeah. Gary Goldman's brought on to fix some third or some perceived third-act problems. Uh, you might recognize his credits uh, from Big Trouble in Little China and Navy SEALs. Strong martial score by Jerry Goldsmith. He's the master of five Star Trek scores, three Rambos, as well as a Chinatown, Aliens, Gremlins, Hoosiers, Milan, The Mummy, A Partridge in a Pear Tree. This movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger Again, 3C certified Bald move badass You know him, you love him Uh, Rachel uh, Takotin Who you might recognize from Falling Down And Con Air I definitely recognize from Con Air 
Sharon Stone, this is her first big breakthrough role. I heard uh, some murmurs through the audience. This was before Basic Instinct. This was before Casino. But this kicks off like a three-year reign of Sharon Stone terror in the box office. Uh, Ronnie Cox, you know him from RoboCop. He's Dick Jones. Dick, you're fired! (laughs) Also, Star Trek fans might recognize him as notorious asshole Captain Edward Jellicoe from Star Trek The Next Generation. Michael Ironside is Jester in Top Gun. Uh, he is the leader of the, what is it, the Roughnecks and the Starship Troopers. Uh, we saw him in The Perfect Storm recently. And Mel Johnson Jr. as Benny. Did you know this This is a this is a pre-spoiler for the end of Deep Space Nine, but he plays <laughs> Bracca, the Cardassian leader. Wow. There right? are so many Star Trek people in this. Mark Alimo's in this. Oh, I didn't. Gal Dukat. Oh, uh, shit, you're right. Rich, uh, Robert Picardo is Johnny Cab. It's He is boy. the voice and likeness of Johnny Cab. And, of course, Bald Move fans, I heard a lot of people uh, in the bathrooms and in the lobby talking about uh, Dean Norris, Agent Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad, was Tony, Mr. Axe Wound Face. And we got a body count of 77 in this film. I remember that being a big deal uh, at the time. Uh, Jim, where do we begin with this? Because this is like Arnold entering the height of his powers. I'm feeling a little self-conscious. Yeah? (laughs) I'm admiring the thigh gap we got going on here. I'm admiring the thigh gap you've got going on here. Uh, oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna cover ourselves up with the Rocket City. If you don't, uh, the audience at home doesn't know it. Jim came down the middle aisle in full muscle suit. Uh, got himself That's a better. one. Got himself That's a one better. C on the the badass scale. <laughs> how many times? Have, how many times have you seen Total Recall? What'd you think of it? This time. Oh boy, I feel like I've only seen it once before we started planning this event. And then I saw it three more times for this event. Yeah. I saw it twice today. Oh, my God. I watched it. I watched it starting at like 3.30 and ended at 5.30. And then we came and watched this at 7.30. Yeah, I, I watched it two times to get my, my – I watched it once just for pleasure. Uh, and I watched it once to take notes. And then last night I had a hard, little bit uh, a hard time sleeping. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to – because I also wanted to be a little fresh. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm just going to watch it again. Uh, refine my notes. Uh, I will say that when I was watching it for this badass series, I was kind of blown away by it. It's, it's got a lot more complexity than you would think. Like, I think the total, the, the total recall of it all, the like, is yeah. this actually real or is this a mm-hmm. fantasy? They're able to keep that kind of, and people, you know, if you've only seen this once or twice, you might like, I don't know. But like, I feel like the more I watch this, the more they really do a good job of uh, keeping that, is this real? Is this not? Is this a dream? Is this reality? Is this a memory? They, they keep that yeah. uh, in play. They kind of make it impossible to know because there's so many contradictory things that you can't say for sure if it's real or if it's a dream. I wonder if we'll get to or the bottom memory. of that by the end of this podcast. We can definitely talk about it. I have some opinions. Uh, Verhoeven I, has some opinions. I think this is like um, Arnold, you know, because like he he's got um, some of his biggest hits in front of him. He's got Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Uh, he's got True Lies. He's about to go on a, a Hollywood reign of box office terror, like mm-hmm. Sharon Stone. 
Um, but this is kind of like you can see all the tools together. And I, I thought, like, as I was watching this, I'm, am I just a little too high on Arnold Supply? And then, you know, the last thing I always do before I, I, I get done with the Bald Move podcast note session is I look at what Roger Ebert had to say. Mm-hmm. Three and a half stars slobbing on Arnold's knob, talking about how he is such a great you know, uh, vessel for this movie, and he's exactly what this movie needs, and I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I think this is a stretch for Arnold, but it works. Like, I think he pulls it off. That chest you're wearing is a stretch. I just, I, every, time I, every, every time I look over there, I'm like, Jesus, I need to sit up straight. Uh, right. You know, because like, you when can see, re- like... This is really hot, by the way. I bet, I bet. I'm uh, stuck in it. Can you help me? What do you want me to do? Am I supposed There's to pull a zipper it? back here somewhere. Okay, all right, let me see here. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna come up in the back. Yeah, we didn't get any frontal nudity from the movie, but we might from the podcast. <laughs> Anybody want this T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, by the way, this is uh, now that we're we're giving out merch. I wanted to mention Sean Bon Jovi printed out this. Uh, um, 3D printed badass Mount Rushmore. It's got our, our, our top of our <laughs> our badasses here. We got Arnold, we got Sly, we got the two Bruces, Willis and Lee. Um, and also, he surprised me by bringing a whole, two whole bags of miniature lock, uh, not Loch Ness monsters. What the hell? <laughs> miniature uh, badass Mount Rushmores. And there's one for everybody in the audience tonight if you guys want some swag. Give it up for Sean Bon Jovi. I'm curious to see at the end of this is we'll we'll have the four because this is a, an annual thing. Who's going to? Uh, I feel like I feel like one oh, of the Bruces is hanging with... on by their toenails here. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like you should get a free drink if you come back with your Mount Rushmore, your one inch Mount Rushmore next year. Oh, there's going to be a next year. You're confirming this, Jim Jones. <laughs> I, I cannot. I cannot confirm or deny. Mm. It all depends on how this goes. I'll say there's a lot of people here, and this has been a lot of fun. So, it's so uh, far, it's so good. Um, the other thing is like um, this is that you know we it's it's so funny because we talked about Twister. I don't know that's been released yet, but we did a recording a podcast. I think it was yesterday for Twister. Mm-hmm. Both these movies are kind of at that 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 cusp of the transition between CG and practical effects. And, like, you see the, I think, pretty rock-solid CG of the skeleton X-ray machine, the safe zone sensors. Um, and then you've got uh, state-of-the-art prosthetics. Yes. That I, I don't God, know I really sell versimilitude. Vers- yes, I love it. <laughs> but they are awesome in that Fangoria kind of way. Like, oh, when you see... Perfect. Arnold rolling around on Mars. And his eyes are bulging out. Like, that... You yeah. know, that's uh, it, it's something else. The um, the lady disguise. Yeah, the fat uh, lady, as they call it. Yeah. The the uh, you know Benny's uh, mutant arm, uh, mm-hmm. the prosthetics and stuff. Uh, like, there's a lot of like really great practical effects. Um, all of these, like you see these uh, Martian cars, and they've got that weird <sighs> uh, four by two drive setup, and the wheels are independently moving and stuff like that. Stuff, uh, you know. Uh, Guys like Adam Savage nailed, knocked that together in a week or two, and uh, yeah, yeah. 
as a result, a lot of the mat work, a lot of the work of the exterior to Mars, like it's 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 like like it captures um uh like this uh you know the vision of Mars that we know better now. Like you know we've landed <laughs> drones and we've seen a Martian sunrise and we know what that looks like. And we know it's not these blood red, but like this is like the popular imagination of Mars. These blood red vistas, uh, these dry deserts, the canyons of the Mariner Valley. Um, I think that stuff looks really good. Like the compositing, the mat work, uh, the big giant Martian reactor, the geo. Uh, what do you call that? I've, 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 I'm too drunk to remember. Sphere? What do you call it when you make something like Earth? Terraforming. Terraforming. Thank you. The Martian terraform machine. All this stuff holds up really well. So what you're saying is this is a really good 80s movie. And I know it come out it came out it's in 1990. It's so, such a good 80s movie. It's a 90s movie. I know. <laughs> it's so ahead of its time it came out in 1990. Uh yeah, I I love the effects in this movie. Maybe only second to like The Thing mm. in its effects work. Um every time they bulge some eyes. I just I love it. I love it. I can't get enough. Uh, you guys said it's uh, again. You can see all the voice acting, the acting lessons. All this stuff is starting to come together. Like this is the Arnold who's going to go ahead and be uh, in True Lies and be this charming bastard. And uh, you see a lot of that in this movie. I have so many questions about what's better in Arnold's career here. Um, so we saw him in Commando. Do you think that Richter is a better villain than Bennett? <laughs> The audience thinks no. Actually, I think Michael Ironside, you know, because the thing is, is Arnold is not exactly the 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 animal brute you see in a lot of these movies. He's yes. not Conan the Barbarian. He's not John Matrix. He is a just a construction worker uh, who's got an just you know a, a, a one C champion physique, of course. But like he doesn't have all the so like I feel like Michael Ironside is like this sociopathic, like driven jealous uh, guy who's just gun nuts. Like, he just he just shoots up a whole subway on the chance to get a bullet into Quaid. Uh, he's a loose cannon. He's a mad dog. He's he's going off the leash from his boss. I, actually, yeah, I think he is. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I, I mean leather jacket better than mesh t-shirt. we covered this two years ago. Yes! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes. At the bare minimum. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back with more Bald Move. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think this is one of Arnold's better movies. Like he, like I said, he really stretches himself. I think he's doing some dramatic work here. Just not something Arnold does particularly well in most movies, but he kind of nails it here. I think it's yeah. everything that needed to be. And and I, So there was a time in this film's history, in this film's 16-year development hell history, that... David Cronenberg was attached to this. Did you know this? I want everyone to pause for a minute and imagine <laughs> a Cronenberg version yeah. of Total Fucking Recall. Crash. Starring 
Richard Dreyfus. Uh, yes. <laughs> and optionally, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Who could have pulled it off, you know I think. What? Patrick, pain don't hurt Swayze, could have pulled this movie off. <laughs> yes. Absolutely could have pulled this off. But not Richard Dreyfus. But uh, man, like the thing is, is like if you can't get Cronenberg, thank God you got Paul Verhoeven. Well, I think he's perfect. Yes. I, I, this movie would be less than if it were as serious as Cronenberg wanted to make it. Mm. I think it is just silly enough. And it doesn't lose that edge of like, we're going to talk about social issues. We're going to talk about... Uh, Political issues with like I don't oh, know what you're talking about. Air. This is a who 1990s action movie, and there's no <laughs> politics at all. This is a guy taking a Martian super agent vacation, and uh-huh. I don't know how you could possibly draw parallels to modern. Yeah, just like RoboCop is about a robotic exactly. cop who just shoots a lot of exactly. people. And, yeah, good, clean fun. Don't have to worry about thinking too hard. <laughs> no, he's exactly the right guy. It's perfect. It's the exact right tone that I want for this movie, and I can't imagine it being anybody else. And there's a lot of, we'll, we'll probably get into this in the podcast, I imagine, there's a lot of uh, satire, satire at like multiple different levels, and some of it's really funny and sophisticated. Have we not started the podcast? I've, I'm lost. We're, we've definitely started the podcast. We haven't <laughs> okay. gotten to the spoiler section. I just want to know if there's ah, any, like, is, is there yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. of, like, we talked about the visuals and the effects. It's funny because... Verhoeven took this role after Robocop thinking, ah, this is a more grounded tale. I won't have to do so much special effects work. I don't know if he just didn't pay attention to the script (laughs) or if he thought that, like, you could just shoot Earth for Mars. uh, He thought Mars was in Ohio. (laughs) Mars, Ohio. I've been to parts of uh, Ohio that might be Mars. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, no, I I think that... um, He's, 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 it, it, the, the, the visuals hold up. I think this is Arnold at the height of his powers. This is, you, got, you got Shannon Stone right, Sharon Stone right before <laughs> she's about to pop off mm-hmm. and uh, you know work with Verhoeven again in Basic Instinct. And uh, a lot, I, I think you know, all this stuff still works to this day. It's still in a fantastically entertaining uh, movie. Um, and the, the, the tricksy kind of mental, is this real, is this not real, I think mm-hmm. still works. In fact, the more does, I watch yeah. this movie, the more I'm kind of like back and forth. Um, watching this at the end after I read, a, you know, because I, I don't know what you did today, but I just read about Total Recall. Me too. Um, watching the end of this movie, thinking about some of the stuff I was kind of marinating on all day, I'm like kind of back to like, I don't know that this is real. I think this might be some bullshit. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that right now? No. We need to get into the spoiler like section. It's like the big discussion we need to have. Um, did you know that this is... Jerry Goldsmith's, this is the score that he's the most proud of. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, when you're watching, this he's is like... Star Trek, right? True. It's hard to believe this. he's more proud of this than the wrath yeah. of fucking Khan. Yeah. But, but when you're watching like this old school pre-movie credit sequence, you know, uh, that's like the, you know... Which like is a real bummer at the beginning of this movie. It like is. It starts so slow. It's so good they have that dream sequence after because yeah. they needed it. Yeah, but you got this, uh, you know, uh, old school Hollywood where everyone is acknowledged in the credit sequence, and it's Goldsmith's score that's kind of holding our attention. I thought it's pretty good, and it does exactly what it needs to do. It's like uh, increases the tension. Um, uh, yeah, this is pretty much all it needs to do is increase the tension. But I, I, it's, it's very, like, like I said in the intro, it's a very strong Marshall kind of score that works really well. Um, there's a lot of like you mentioned the development hell. We can talk about that when we get to yes, the spoiler section. Please. Do we need to do anything else than than get to the spoiler section? I think you should watch this movie just for the effects alone. Like I said, it's second only to the thing in my mind, especially uh, practical effects. Yes, because they 
They really only did digital effects for the skeleton yeah. stuff. Which looks the great. Stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's, a little, you, it's a little herky-jerky. What is herky it supposed jerky. to look like? It's skeletons going like, uh, uh, guns, and then he jumps like just like I said. It's like I, I think fair. They, there's probably a version of this movie where they wanted to have a, a skeletons punching each other. Yes. And they're like, nah, we're not there yet, but we can have Arnold's giant body shoot out of the screen, and that will distract people <laughs> from the fact that these skeletons are kind of lame. Can, before we get to the spoilers, can we talk about the NES version of this? Has anybody played the NES game? I have game? not played, because obviously oh I God. wasn't allowed to watch this movie back in, this in the room? day. I definitely, um, you know, for my cousins, I definitely got the whole I got popping. I, I yes. heard about the triple titty. Uh, but, triple T. But twister. no, I didn't play the NES game. Have you played the NES game? Dude, I played so much of the NES game. I played the NES game to the point. And, and look, I was fresh out of college. I had no prospects, no friends, no any, no family, no nothing. You I barely played... have prospects and friends or family now. Come on. <laughs> And I played this game so much that I could beat it without dying. I <laughs> want to see you prove this at twitch.tv slash Well, I can't do it now. That was like oh, a decade ago. That was course. like 15 years ago. Yeah, and some deserved booze. I'll try it. I'll try it. No, I haven't. But, but I, it's remarkably similar to the movie. They did a hell of a job with the game. Well, I was about to say, I do love my loose adaptations of movies in the NES era. I re- have fond memories of Teenage Mutant, Ninten- uh, Teenage Mutant Nintendos. Nintendo I got Turtles. Uh, uh, Batman. But you're saying this actually was pretty close this to the source. This was really close to the source. They had that whole scene with them in the scanners. Did you play Goonies? Yes, I did. Goonies Not 2 close to the because source. it didn't come out. Goonies 1 didn't come out in the States. Oh, I can never go head-to-head <laughs> with Ness on this guy. <laughs> I know too much about Ness. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I played a lot of this Why? game. Why Total Recall? I don't know. And I played this in Russian Attack, and I could beat that well, in one Russian life. Russian Attack, I, I can get there behind I that. Because I had nothing else to do. Shall we get to the spoiler section? Please. All right. If you've not seen Total Recall, and God knows you should, uh, this is a movie about Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is a disaffected construction worker uh, who thinks <laughs> he looks in the mirror every day. He's like, I, do, I think I should be more than this. <laughs> I like my muscles, but... I think, I think I've submitted for more than just destroying rock and fucking Sharon Stone. The rock and stone is the same... <laughs> And, and he decides to, um, you know, he's a construction worker, so he can't afford a vacation to Mars. What he can't afford is a, a mental vacation. He can go to mm. the, the recall outfit that promises that they will inject the memories of a vacation, which I want to talk to you about later on. Please. The memories of a vacation will be injected right in your brain, and it's like a nice uh, a four-star, three-week Martian vacation. And... Uh, Midway through the process, he starts freaking out about being made and his cover being blown, and he is swept up in this double planetary conspiracy uh, to deprive Martians of their atmosphere. Uh, is he actually a secret agent? Is he actually just the giant hulking uh, construction worker? Um, I, I feel like we'll debate this the rest of the movie. Is he going to be able to save? Is he going to be the savior of Mars? Is he going to be the destroyer of Mars? You have to watch the movie to find out. Uh, we're now in the spoiler section, so we can talk freely. Do you want to talk about the history of this movie being made? Because we talk about it's the, wild. You know, Philip K. Dick wrote this novel. It's a twenty-page novel. Uh, what is that? It's not even a novel. It's, it's a, a short page. Story. Yeah, it's a short story. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the the writers here, uh, Ronald Shushet, said this is a hell of a story, and he options it in the mid seventies, and it just kind of kicks around Hollywood for fifteen years until it gets made. Do you want to talk? I, I assume you know the the history. I I looked up so much of the history. It goes through. The De Laurentiis Company, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. It and and if you know anything about our Bald Move Badass series, Dino De Laurentiis is like the patron saint of the Bald Move Badass mm-hmm. Festival because he's never seen a badass 80s movie that he didn't want to throw money at. Uh, Which totally might have resulted Conan in his Barbaric. bankruptcy. It might, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. So Dino's like, fuck yeah, let's do Total Recall. But he didn't want to do it with Arnold. No, he wanted to do it with a lot of different people. He he had a very different vision for this movie. He wanted it to be something that it wasn't. To be fair, Philip K. Dick had a very different. Uh, yeah, like he he saw this like the, the the original story is about an everyman, like a salesperson, who takes this virtual vacation that unlocks his actual memories of being a Martian super agent. And this essentially the the story ends right as Arnold gets his ass to Mars in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the novel starts. Everything past that is just stuff that these three art uh, these three writers uh, came up with. Yeah, no, this started way back in 1974. And if you're familiar with this movie, it came out in 1990, so that's 16 years between the idea to make this movie and actually making it uh, and releasing it. And De Laurentiis purchased it from <laughs> Philip K. Dick for $1,000 in 1974. $1,000. Long-term investment. That's a third of the money that it takes me to run my household. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, you know, they, they sold it, and they tried to develop it, and they spoke with so many people, just so many directors. Like I mentioned, David Cronenberg was involved in this at one point. Um, he ended up quitting because he didn't like the direction. He wanted it to be more serious, like a Blade Runner. Um, Again, pause to think about what yeah. a Blade Runner-esque David Cronenberg Total Recall would look like in the year 1985. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine. I kind of want to see it, but also I don't want this movie to not exist. Uh, and then De Laurentiis Entertainment Group went out of business because, well, I don't know if they went out of business. They went into bankruptcy, and their assets were purchased by a company called Carol Co. This was in 1988. At this point, yeah. they'd already gone with director Bruce Beresford uh, and Patrick Swayze's cast in a lead role. Lead role. They shit-canned. So was, so was Richard Dreyfuss. They shit-canned $14 million in pre-production and turnaround mm-hmm. costs at this point and lost rights to the movie. Well, well, then they sold the rights to this movie for $3 million. They paid Philip K. Dick $1,000 and sold the rights for $3 million. And I know there are some losses with pre-production, but that's a hell of a flip. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, and, and then, like... Carol Co. is an interesting story in its own right um, because this was a company that made a lot of like high-profile Arnold movies like Red Heat. Sure. Um, they made Total Recall. I want to say they made... So they were going to make another big Arnold movie and this is kind of the shame of it. Um, it was a movie called Crusade. Nobody in this audience has heard of this movie because it never got made but it was supposed to be this epic medieval a uh, fantasy movie. Uh, fantasy movie. Yeah. Uh, but the budget, the suspected budget, or the, the plotted budget, was going to be like over $100 million. Mm. And Arnold was going to be a lot of that. 
because he kind of convinced Carol Co. to buy the rights to Total Recall in the first place and, and said, oh, by the way, I want $10 million and I want 15% of the overall profits. Right. Which is like... I don't know. A little self-serving. Well, the thing is, is like because Dino De Laurentiis, like the whole time he had it, Arnold got I, Arnold got hot for this movie. Uh, for my research, in between filming Commando and Raw Deal, so this is in the mid '80s, <laughs> and he's like, I want to make this movie. And De Laurentiis is like, look at the script. It's an everyman, Arnold. Look at yourself in the mirror. Do you look like an everyman? You look I mean, like a three C badass. It's not going to work. Um, but. De Laurentiis Entertainment Group going bankrupt was his opportunity. Yes. Yeah, he convinced them to buy all their assets, uh, and they did, and they made this movie. And then Carol Co. somehow goes out of business, despite making Terminator 2, despite making tons of high-profile star-powered movies in the 80s and 90s, they go out of business because they're losing money. Uh, Where are the executives now? Are they in Belize? Because I, they, no. if, if so, the executives are the the most ridiculous part of this. They ended up forming another company and made Terminator Three. Ooh, like like their company just cratered, yeah. and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to start another one." Does anybody want to invest in this? And people did, despite their company being an investment trap. I saw that Arnold is like a stealth executive producer in this film. Did you see that? Yeah, he didn't want the credit, but. He, he, the he oversaw the script rewrites from like 1988 on. He made uh, the ultimate final casting decisions. He supervised the set construction. He's also the man responsible for hiring uh, Verhoeven because he wanted to be Robocop. It didn't work out. Well, he saw Robocop. It's like, this is a fucking awesome film. I want you to make Total Recall. The script for Crusade is out there. We I do? really want to know what that's all about. I have a link. We'll put it in the show notes. All right. Badass Fast 6. <laughs> oh, can, we can't get the rights to a movie that wasn't made. <laughs> There's no rights to be had. We can do anything with it. Uh, oh, we'll make our own movie. Did, did you see the list of injuries that this film accrued? Michael Ironside got the worst of it. Oh, my God. I guess everyone suffered from dust in- inhalation because we're filming the Martian thing and there's red dust going everywhere. Uh, this was filmed entirely in Mexico. Uh, and I, I guess like you see the big dome uh, feature where you're like, oh god, don't shoot the dome out. That was like a big uh, metropolitan bus stop uh, set, and they just uh, did everything on sound stages to save money in Mexico. And if you know anything about vacation in Mexico, you need to be careful about what you drink and you eat there because our sensitive gringo systems are not <laughs> attuned to the local food supply. Everyone on this cast got deathly sick. Verhoeven had to have an ambulance. Except for Arnold, well, who had his food imported. I love it. Verhoeven had a hospital on set for two weeks in a row because he was so into liquid shits that he had to have IVs of, no. of liquids pumped into him in between filming because he was about to pass out otherwise. But yeah, Arnold, who had two years before filmed uh, Predator in South America, is like, mm-hmm. I, he, he went and catered all of his food and drink from the U.S., and he was one of the few people in the uh, cast that did not get gripped by Montezuma's revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, did it show in the movie. Like, could you see the people who had the shits and the people who didn't? I think I think the makeup department is responsible for us not knowing that. Uh, Arnold got hurt. There's a scene where uh, in the subway he has to bash a window open with a gun. There's supposed to be a squib that goes off a fraction of a second to break that glass before his actual human hand hits it, and that did not happen. And he punched through the glass and severely cut his hand. 
Uh, and then in another scene uh, with Michael Ironside, he broke one or two of his fingers, and the la- a lot of the last uh, bit of the movie, he's wearing a heavy jacket to hide. No, a he cast. fractured his sternum. No, you're talking about Ir- Ironside. I'm talking about. Uh-huh. I'm talking about. Schwarzenegger. You said Ironside. Did I? Yeah. I've never gotten a name wrong before. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I'm wrong. You're right. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so he cut his wrist. Ironside fractured his sternum, this? separated sternum. some ribs. Yes. And they patched him up with a football player's brace. Yes. They were just like, come over here, John Naaman. And then after giving him four weeks to recover. Is that a football player? After four weeks to recover, he uh, the 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 insurance company said, we will not insure Michael Ironside return unless he can do 50 push-ups. I can't do 50 push-ups. With a push-ups. broken sternum and three broken ribs. And he's like, all right, fuck it. I'll do 50 push-ups. He gets to 25. The doctor's like, he can't do anymore. He can't do anymore. <laughs> they certify him. The next day, he has to do the elevator, elevator fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can I tell you, a human does not have to do 50 push-ups to be healthy. No! Like, at my height of health, I could do 40? Right. There's no way. Michael Ironside has never been that healthy. No. He's never had a BMI lower than I'm actually impressed that Michael Ironside was going to take a chop at 50 push-ups. That's impressive. um, And and the the, the stories I heard is that uh, Arnold tried to take it easy on him as mm-hmm. uh, an account of his delicate condition, but he did get a Only nice shot to the chest. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't and know. And he said, see you at the party, Richter. Yeah, I was going to say, he ended up getting his arms cut off. Uh, if you watch this movie again, I love watching when uh, Richter falls. You can tell a stuntman has got his arms but behind his back. Mm-hmm. He's got these giant, suspicious elbow-looking bulges out of his back as he's fallen. Can we his... talk about that in the effects department? I legitimately have no idea how they did most of these effects. They're so Lots impressive. Lots of latex, I assume. But... Yeah, I mean, obviously they're dummies and animatronics yeah. and stuff, but like... Yeah. The blending of the real actor and the prosthetics, the animatronics, is so smooth. I honestly can't tell where they end and begin. It's really like when they, uh, when Arnold like takes the the mask off of his face and holds it up, and it, the camera goes up and it comes back down. And it obviously, it's prosthetic Arnold, and it comes back down. It's real Arnold. It's like, yeah, sure, but it's solid. Uh, what was I talking about before that? Something about the uh, Ironside getting his arms chopped off. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was the damage a, to the actor. Did you did you hear the heartwarming story between Arnold and Ironside? Snowball fights and shit. Uh, that's a little bit of it, sure. <laughs> about the sister. Oh yeah, calling her randomly and saying, "Are you okay with Michael Ironside getting his ribs broken open?" <laughs> Uh, Michael Ironside's sister was like deathly ill during the shoot and uh, Arnold noticed him taking phone calls in between every freaking take and he's like hey what's what's up with this I'm the executive producer I need to, to be uh... and Ironside's like ah my sister's in the hospital it's like Arnold uh, in this 1990s at Donna's cell phone age found out that you know he was really worried about his sister and made um, you know gave him use of his cell phone and was also calling and, and uh, you know Arnold is checking in on his sister and Ironside still to this day like I think I, I read a 2015 interview where he mentioned it and like being really impressed that Arnold as the executive producer uh, took the extra went the extra mile he it also uh, Arnold would like every time they'd have to do a six day shoot he would like uh, um, cater like uh, a big party for the crew so they'd get off and like enjoy themselves a little bit and uh, lots of stories about Arnold being a really cool guy on this here production yeah seems like a cool guy 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Carol Co. Okay. The company that eventually ended up making this movie. Um, it's a weird story. So they, like I said, they bought the rights for $3 million. Um, they made a bunch of high-profile movies, and they went out of business. But before they went out of business, they were going to make this movie called Crusade with Arnold. It's going to be this epic medieval movie. They decided the budget is too big on this. We do, we're, we're in pre-production. We don't think we can actually sustain this budget because it was like ballooning above $100 million. So they took that money and they shunted it into Cutthroat Island. Oh! <laughs> Which... We're talking to Gina Davis, Cutthroat Island. Yes. Ouch. And that movie was a huge flop. If you were alive in the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie killed them. Well, you know. $141 million spent on that movie. I'm thinking about like because you mentioned balking on the budget, and I'm thinking like era movies of this era, like Waterworld, the ones that will eventually crest that hundred million. It's like God, they're yeah, just yeah. terrible investments. Um, <laughs> Spending a hundred million dollars on Kevin Costner is a bad idea. I don't know. He makes money. Do we want to? Do we want to actually talk about the movie itself? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna insist. We just watched it. We don't need That's to talk true. about Everyone it. That's true. Everyone here has already seen it. Yeah. Uh, let's just uh, let's just go to Graders. They're open for another thirty is, minutes. <laughs> An, is Verhoeven still making movies like this? I don't think Verhoeven's making many movies at all. Like the last. Like, oh no, is he dead? No, he's not dead. Last last credit I saw was like 2019. Okay. But, um, yeah, you look at the like the last kind of like big uh, like Hollow Man is the last like big budget thing I can I, I recognize I off guess. of credits. Kevin Bacon and my favorite Elizabeth. I mean, Shue. Verhoeven kind of ends at Starship Troopers for me. Um. That, that's the last Verhoeven movie that I really love. Yeah. You're a big Show of Girls fan? No. Because that was right before I've Starship Troopers. It. I actually like Hollow Man. I thought it was pretty good. It's a pretty good take on Invisible Man. I hear it's pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty like uh, ra- rapey? I, I don't well, know. It's, you know. It's a weird movie. Um, I want to talk about Sharon Stone because I think she's incredible in this. And when they were casting, like Arnold and uh, Etal were paying attention to like, we want to see women that are athletic enough to pull off these stunt and fight scenes. And Verhoeven especially said, I don't want, you know, you think about uh, when women would fight in movies of this era, it was always like, oh, ripping clothes and pulling hair and oh, <laughs> can we reenact it? Like, you know, like just to slap in. I need and, my, my suit. Well, they did that, I have then, a suit for that. Uh, he's like, I don't want to see that. I want to see women who are freedom fighters and killers, and I want to see them going toe to toe as equals. And I think like yes. he, that definitely comes across in Sharon Stone's fight, especially totally. with uh, uh, Melina. At I the, think at the, end the there. choreography in that fight is amazing. It really is. The flip, like the over the shoulder thing that they do, is super cool. Uh, Sharon Stone trained a lot, uh, impressed Arnold Schwarzenegger with her. I, I guess they didn't get. I, I was digging. I I saw that they didn't get along in filming, and that was amazing to me. And I wanted to find out more, but really? I, I I didn't. I didn't find anything other than it seems well attested they didn't get along, but it didn't seem like it was like super unprofesh because I didn't. Again, I didn't see any details on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. That like you know Verhoeven was really interested. In, I don't want like a sex kitten. I don't want a Jello filled kiddie pool. Uh, bikini fight. I want to see women like trying to kill each other, and uh, I want to see a woman try to kill a man. And boy, she really tried to kill Arnold through 
direct crotch stimulation. Uh, oh, the crotch shots. The sheer... I mean, Arnold is a three-seat badass from being able to take two shots at a beanbag and keep fighting. And then she stomps on it Stomp. later. It's... She American History X's his crotch. <laughs> and he still fights. <laughs> I couldn't fight after that. That's dedication. Yeah. Um, do you want to take this like in kind of like uh, chronological order? Sure, or man. We got an hour here. I'm good. Um, I thought it's like so. I, I said this kind of satirically at the beginning about like you know like there's this this idea and we talked about this a lot in the Badass Fest that like oh in the 80s and 90s that was a different time where men were men and women were women. There weren't any fucking politics in my action movies. Predator is all about America's fucking around in South America. And Total Recall is all about, like, you know, like, uh, I guess the closest allegory would be the Vietnam War. Um, if you watch Ken Burns, like, Vietnam documentary, he makes it very clear that, like, the Viet Cong were inspired by America's independence victory. They saw Ho Chi Minh as a George Washington figure. And we see specifically uh, called out the Quato, the Martian independence leader, is their George Washington and, uh, you know, you, I think you're supposed to root. I think you're supposed to root for the terrorists in this movie. And you're supposed to be against the guys who own the oxygen and mm-hmm. uh, everything on Mars. And, you know, Elon Musk's kind of whole wet dream of uh, getting people out there. And uh, uh, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's kind of really amazing at how, like, on the face political this 1990s action movie was. Yeah, it might not be oxygen that we're fighting over, but there are definitely some water wars about to happen. Yeah, give it 20 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, there's like even like, you know, like there's a lot of – there's not – this isn't as Verhoeven as a movie can get. Like, you know, you got like look at Robocop as a prime example. But like I, I think the most Verhoeven this movie gets is in the beginning there's Arnold looking at his newscast and it talks about how – you know, the Martian terrorists are halting the flow of this valuable resource. And uh, the, the you have to use overwhelming military superiority to overcome the Southern Bloc's numerical superiority, the so-called Freedom Brigade. And then, like, even in the, the, the slick package, kind of like, uh, you know, politically friendly, like Martians are terrorists. You've got the guys keeping law and order. You've got the, the uh, I, I guess, Martian security forces guy like brutalizing a journalist in the middle of, you know, like get the fuck out. And, and uh, I, I thought that stuff was, uh, you know, again, it's, 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 it's interesting to see what we think is political today versus what we thought was political in 1990, uh, which I don't think. Yeah. That, it, it, and I, I looked at some contemporary reviews and there wasn't there. It, it's so funny because it seems like people were kind of evenly divided about whether this was kind of like a progressive agenda showing, you know, the, the, the kind of like uh, what we talked about versus is this um, kind of a conservative agenda where you've got this one guy from Earth who is the savior of these Martian people, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know. It felt pretty, felt, I, felt it, pretty left to me. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Watching it. Like the rights of the workers, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the only difference between this and, like, a Starship Troopers or a RoboCop is the militaria that's going on. Mm. Like, in Starship Troopers, you definitely have that militaria. But, like, in RoboCop, you have, you know, the authorities, the police. Yeah, it's uh, at the height of the crime wave. Like, oh, my God, are right. we ever going to take control of our cities, you know? Yeah, this is a little different. Um, this has, like, that around the edges, but it's more uh, just about, like, the spy, the intrigue stuff, right? Yeah. 
Uh, I really like the, uh, the the idea that the World Series is taking place in Tokyo in the twenty, I think twenty eighty two. What is why? this a Deep Space Nine callback? Let me ask you that because Mark Limo is in this, who's Gal Dukat in Deep Space Nine. So, but it I, can't be a callback because this was made before Deep Space Nine. I, I'm old enough to remember in the '90s where like there was serious talk about being an MLB team in Tokyo, or because sure, like they the, love the Japanese were so obsessed with baseball, mm-hmm. and that seemed like a natural. I, I'm actually kind of like it feels like we're living in a weird time frame that they haven't got one. To 2023, still no major league team in Tokyo or Japan yeah, or anywhere. That's wild. Yeah. Why have they not expanded? Canada, Canada has got the, the the only one, the only country we allow to. Do they the, take the, the Orioles? Play. I don't even know. I I honestly don't. It's Montreal Expos, Blue Jays, and what Expos? Right. The so, Expos yeah. still exist. Jesus. It was. See, we traded. No. <laughs> uh, they let us have a few hockey teams. We let them have a few baseball teams. Yep. So yep. cultural exchange. Um. I like the point. Like, I, I think what's really Arnold's really effective this movie because the uh, the he, he muses the beginnings. Like, I just feel like there's I was meant for more, and it's like, can you imagine? I have all these muscles. Can you imagine just casually what punching the clock next next to a guy like Arnold? <laughs> right. This this like slob. fuck yeah, you're meant for more. Look at you, dude. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. You're a god. You're a Greek god, literally. Yeah, you're not meant to use pneumatic hammers. You're, to meant, to, you're meant to use Thor's hammers. He looks damn like, good. <laughs> he looks damn good wearing, the, wearing, wearing that jackhammer. Well, there's very few <laughs> scenes where you get it. the full 1C uh, badass physique because, um, first yeah, of all... He's covered up a lot. The 90s did no one a favor in tailoring. It's no. kind of a shame that Arnold's peak was in this like giant yeah. three sizes too big, no fucking shape. Uh, like you look at his what he's wearing, like he could have been Richard Dreyfus for most of this movie. You know, yeah. talking about what you would have noticed is when he's he's trying to fuck Sharon Stone in the first like ten minutes, uh-huh. and when he's with the with the air hammer. Twenty twenty three, they put him in the tennis outfit. <laughs> For uh, sure. No, not wearing a single bit of ear protection, by the way. Nobody. With all these Nobody. Gun, 100 years in the guns? future. They've gone backwards. Like, fuck ears. Oh, this... the jackhammering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, well, I talk about how well this movie kind of hops on the defeat of this being real versus it not being real. Um, we go the, in there. The one criticism I have is I feel like in the early goings of this film, they shouldn't have had Sharon Stone and his work friend give these outsized reactions to the things that he wanted to do. Like, you know, like he's like, I don't know, honey, I want to go to recall. And you know, she gives this kind of like, not just I'm worried about my husband because he's acting like a weirdo, but like sinister worried about my husband. And then his friend like is the most ridiculous. Like he just like, hey, you don't want to fuck with the brain, pal? And he's like, maybe not. He's just like, <laughs> I just gotta fucking go to recall. I know. I know. I'm not just trying to fucking kill this guy. Look at me. Look at him. And it's just not gonna work. I, I feel like that they could have kept the suspense going a little bit longer. But honestly, I don't know. Maybe I've seen it too much. Too much. Too much recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, you're you're really trying to lead me into this conversation about whether I think it's real or not, but I don't feel like we're there yet. I don't think I, I think we're might get to, to the end of the movie. I have to talk about Johnny Cap. I have to talk about a lot of stuff, man. Um. I want to talk about the thrill. That I'm not saying it's a good thrill or a bad thrill. It's a thrill. 
that went through the audience when they were talking about, uh, have you ever dreamed of spending a vacation on the bottom of the ocean? Oh, no. But you can't afford to do it right. You it's can't. a real thing. And you want to half-ass everything with a $30 Logitech remote. Hashtag too soon. Too soon, 1990s movie. Too fucking soon. <laughs> I hadn't seen this movie for like a week, and then I watched it last night. I'm like, shit, what? Yeah. Jeez. But it's so fun to watch that go through the entire audience. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, if this were a James Cameron movie, that'd be the only thing better. Uh, <laughs> my heart will go on. Um, I like some of the really casual special effects, like uh, when Arnold goes into the recall booth and he's you know getting the deal. The way she was like doing the instant color nails—that's fucking like cool. who doesn't want that? It looks real good. I might try out nail colors that I could just and then you know, yeah, very yeah. cool. It looks it looks really nice. Uh, I will say I absolutely love the. I assume it's a model, the model that they made for the the thing that he sits in. When Dude. he's going into the the memory wipe or whatever, that looks so amazing. It, it looked to me like it was a bunch of like early '80s serial bus cards put into yeah. like a fan array because it has all those great with just like extra LEDs. Did you guys added. know like uh, like old like Ethernet cards or old like serial bus cards had those like actual LEDs and stuff to glow mm-hmm. on them? But like it, it, yeah, it looks like something you stick your head in and get twisted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, can I ask you? This is the one thing that I've ever fucked a mutant. <laughs> I, I know enough about your history to answer that question. Actually, oh. um, I want to know. I want to know why. Mute? This is the one. One kind of. You know, we're going to talk about the whole real, real, not real thing at the end of the podcast, I guess. But one of the things that like was confounds me is why does the recall guy try? It seems like he's in on the thing, but then by the time we get out of the recall scene, we know he's not in on the thing. But like, there's a Talking lot of that McLean. where he's, he's very motivated about like upselling him to the Saturn package and uh, the ego trip. Yeah, yeah. Does that? Does that track, or is that one of the things that's a little rough in the movie? I guess it depends on what you think is actually happening, whether or not this is all a dream, or whether this is uh, happening in his head or not. I'm of the opinion for the, the first 20 minutes of this movie. Oh, God damn it, the dream sequence, though. I know. I'm of the opinion that the first 20 minutes of this movie is real, but I also can't explain uh, Arnold and uh, Melina on the surface of Mars yes. to start this movie. Okay, we have to save this. Okay, for the end. Save it for the this, this, this save the future, it for the end. Future spoiler podcast. Uh, what? Do you, uh, let me ask you this: as a human being, nope, android. As a as a, a human being, approximate. I'm a Johnny Cap, <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> would you? Would you take? Because I know you've, you, you you like to travel. You like to go around, see the world. I've um, traveled. Yeah. Would you do the total recall thing? Would you Would you save like a third of the price of a three week no expense uh, uh, paid ticket to Rome uh, in exchange for just those memories? And not not just like a vacation, but like the best, like the first class experience touring Rome. Would you pay a third? Like, where is your where is your break even point where you're like the real thing is worth. <laughs> What percentage would I have to save? What yeah. discount would I have to get? What because Groupon I kept on thinking, like, what, what a great, what an interesting concept. I think I would be super on board. 
I do it once. Yeah? I would do it once because it's not the real thing, right? You can't, like, you can't what say is, I, I don't went, want to go Mar- Morpheus to... on you, but what is the real thing exactly? <laughs> the real thing is going there. Going is to it? Mars and, I don't know, going to the last resort? I yeah, but I, I I would do it once because that's a story, right? But then after that, it's like, oh, you took 15 trips with Recall? Congratulations. Oh, you were a spy this time? Great. See, I think the thing, the way to do is like you take a real trip to Rome and you take the Recall trip to Rome. And then the Recall Comparing trip to, to the Rome. And then it's like, you know what? Actually, Recall's bad. And then I just fuck traveling. <laughs> I would just never leave this neighborhood, honestly. The recall trip probably would be better is the it's, shame of it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I really loved going to Rome, but also if I, I were I've, a spy in Rome. Have you guys seen those TikTok videos where like the TikTok image and it's like, you know, some ridiculous woman in a bikini hanging in a hammock that's of over the Martian Canyon and she's the only person there. And then they have the Jurassic Park uh, recorder version and it's like you see a million people they're all trying to get in that one fucking hammock and there's a line three hours long like the rocky statue in philadelphia this solves all those problems one hot girl goes to take the picture in a hammock and we all experience it we don't have to we we don't all have to get our instagram picture in the fucking tulip field we can send what if you want or you you could be the guy taking a picture i want to be the instagram model going on the ego trip I, <laughs> I think I think this is a compelling a compelling uh, case. It's You're safe, right. Safer than getting on a shuttle. Did you see the shuttle it, fatalities? It, it, well, the thing they get wrong. Yeah, the, shuttle, the hilarious thing to me they is when he shows one, they they lobotomize one guy, but they keep blowing up shuttles. Well, but this so the hilarious thing about that graph is that when they show it. The shuttle is going up, but he says, oh, yeah, that's way in the past. The the deaths have gone way down, but the deaths are totally steady. Right, one. There's, they lobotomize one guy. Well, I assume they're bot- lobotomizing one every year. I mean, it's got to be a time graph, right? The thing about – so the only problem I have with the vacation that's, just like, beamed in your head is, like, I wonder if that actually relaxes you. That's the question I had because, like, yeah. part of vacation is just – not having to do shit for a week or two, right? So, like, you have this shit just, like, zap fried in your brain. Mm-hmm. Does that, like, all Probably. the other sympathetic system, limbic systems, does that, like, lower your cortisone levels? Is that, or do you, you, yeah. you have all the memories, but, like, your body still feels like, fuck, I just, I just went to work yesterday. Your mind makes it real. Exactly. <laughs> like the Matrix. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, is Mr. McLean a diehard reference? Dude, there are so many memories from the future in this movie. Arnold refused to take the red pill. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was a very clever girl. Uh-huh. This, Jurassic this, Park. This uh, predates Jurassic Park and The Matrix by several years. I kind of like, what the hell was Verhoeven One. smoking? Was he, was he mainlining the future? Is this movie so fucking influential? Yes, I think that's it. I think everybody saw Total Recall and said, I need to make something that references that. You know, another problem they have, I guess, if you want to poke holes in the this is all fantasy and we're taking it chronological, is I. the other thing I, I, I never quite understand is when they uh, Arnold's picking out uh, the secret agent package. And they're like, oh, you want to want the girl? You want her athletic? You want her busty? Do you want her this? Do you want her that? What do you want? And, um, you know, he's like, oh, I want her sleazy and demure, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, the rare whore Madonna complex. <laughs> How do they have her photo? 
That's How do the they big have question. A photo? So I have a definite opinion on whether or not the things that happen in this movie are real. We can't give it now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. We'll save that. Yes. How do they have that photo? I don't know. Do they take it out of his mind? He's not hooked up to the machines yet, right? We talked about when you were in the bathroom. I was doing this with the audience. This movie has world-class Arnold groaning. I mean, like, at, like, like it goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Like this early scene where the guy gets the call is like, "Oh, we got somebody with a schizoid embolism." Like, there's a good sixty seconds. <laughs> it's it's Love it. glorious. Like no, yeah. and it's like when he's fighting with Rick. Like I don't know how he gets away with that kind of like. You think that like you know in the in the voice coach and acting coach, someone would be like, you know what a human being in pain sounds like, Arnold. <laughs> Have you ever heard someone hurt before? Let's let's try take where you actually channel a real. But maybe he never has been hurt. He's a, he's a three C badass. Possible. You can't hurt steel. Or they just do things differently in Austria. I don't know. World-class uh, Arnold Groening. Uh, is groaning. an Austrian thing you hear all the time. Um, Get a Bavaria. I love – I was re- – there's a couple things in my notes where I was waiting for the audience to react. Um, mm-hmm. That when the little uh, pissant, like, 19-year-old that works at Recall comes up and it's like, <laughs> someone – we're talking about the agency here and the scientists just slap. Like, I Damn. haven't seen an out-of-nowhere slap since like that since season one of Dark. I noticed you guys. It's Slap City, and this audience ate it up. I loved it. The audience loved that. The audience did not love when Arnold punches out Sharon Stone. You know what? Which I love because it, fair play. Yes. Like, She's a shitlord in this. If, if you are a husband and you come home from a brain-altering procedure, <laughs> and your, your wife, wife tries to kill who's you, who's a badass, takes a kitchen knife and tries to kill you, you might get the puncher. <laughs> I don't know that hold up in court, but I'm just saying. Not even a black eye from that, though. I'm impressed with I her mean, ability to take a punch. She's, uh, I mean, she, uh, they, 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 they cast her athletic and sturdy, apparently. <laughs> True. Um... <laughs> What do you make of her being Michael Ironside's wife, Dude. Richter's wife in okay, this movie? Okay, let me scroll if to you, the part of my if notes your mission where is I to say, fuck Arnold day and night, I, I and have you're going to go home to Richter? Yep. Seven lines later, imagine your wife's field assignment was to get railed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm not even saying that's her thing, but it's just a really strong taste. And like, how do you, yeah, how do you walk back from that? You can't. Yeah. He tries. He comes in and he asserts like... He's Michael Ironside. He's not my... nobody. Sure, but he's not Arnold. I mean, where is he on the badass list? <laughs> one? Nowhere, right? A one C, yeah. maybe, for character? That's, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. You know what else is fucked up? Verhoeven cars. Dude. Did anybody take a look at the cars in this movie? You've got cars. I mean, the the boxiness is the least of the problems with these cars. Like, the cars have things that don't need to be there. I feel like they have rocket engines that are built onto the back that they don't need. But then, like, you sit in one of these cars, and the driver's driver's facing forward with two steering wheels, one one for each hand, or you've got a support pillar in the middle of this car, and you're sitting sideways to the driver who's sitting forward. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I got to say this that... This is like a Cybertruck gone wrong. The last Verhoeven film, Robocop, just featured the Taurus. That is the car of the future. The 1980s oh Ford Taurus Fuck. was the future. So, like, yeah, like, these look like golf carts that have had, like, uh, they have the Lamborghini body too. kits applied to them. Yes, yes. Yeah. They feel like golf carts and look like Countach's. Yeah, they're... And they're piloted by a joystick. <laughs> and no, can... the cabs are. Why are the cabs? Why do the cabs have a joystick in them for manual control? I okay. In my notes, it says Johnny Cab. Why invent this? Who's <laughs> who's like? We need the EMS from Deep Space Nine to keep people company. I I yeah. n- Now we're in 2023. We know. We already know when there's automatic ca- uh, taxi cabs. What they're going to look like? They're going to look like Teslas have been parked in the desert for ten years. There's going <laughs> to pick up and it's going to be just an empty phantom zone and you yeah. get in and they take you to the bar or the restaurant or whatever and that's you don't have to, fine you don't have to fucking talk to some blump of clay no especially one that looks like that the uncanny valley that that lives in is what, fucked up what i love is like i feel like verhoven took all the bad takes like where the you know the remote control prosthetics went wrong with the you know ems like because mm-hmm. like there is a thing where that guy like his eyes are pointing Left, right, and left, and it's all this. And he, and like, what the fuck? It's, it's, I don't know. Very, uh, but this is also like, um, this is the heyday of like Max Headroom. I think they were really channeling sure, some Max sure. Headroom energy there, absolutely, with the yep. Johnny Cab, because people thought like, oh, you're gonna have to want to talk to people. We, we barely invented ATMs. We don't have self checkouts. We don't understand that people don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, let alone some fucking uncanny valley nightmare. So. <laughs> Did you know it's, uh, I mean, we talked about this, so you definitely know, but it's Robert Ricardo doing the voice. Yes. I loved, I loved I, hearing the so thrill good. of recognition going through the audience of that, too. Yeah. 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 He is the, the Deep Space Nine emergency medical hologram I've been referring to. Um, Michael Ironside pioneered uh, 15 years before we know we need it, the flawless way to start a FaceTime. You you put the phantom zone up as your background and you come in. Yes. <laughs> and then you wait until the other person like I that is uh, so fuck every time he Aunt Sharon Stone calls the medics and he it cracks me up, man. Yeah, so good. Cohagen, Richter, they both have it down. They need a Richter FaceTime filter just so you can pull oh that off. Oh my god, yes. Um, I really deeply love the human shield scene. <laughs> I've the seen, escalator. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a more human shield mm-hmm. in every sense of that word. They used every part like, <laughs> of the carcass, like the, pla- the carcass. like like the plains uh, Native Americans. They used every bit of the native. They used every bit of the human shield. Every bit of the Martian. Yes, that guy. <laughs> Like, he got it from the front, he got it from the back, he got <laughs> tossed and thrown on. And stepped on. Yes, I forgot. After the dude's laying there with a million bullets, it's like if Sony Corleone was used as a step stool after the phone booth or after the toll booth scene. Like, it's, in, it's insane. It's insane. God, now I'm just picturing the orange scene for Don, the Don. Corleone, he dies in the the orange scene. Yeah, where he's got the oranges oh, mouth yeah. with the kid, and then he gets stepped on by the kid. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, it starts a it starts a stampede and he just gets uh at Frodo's or Frodo. Frodo. Yeah, Frodo sitting there. That's Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah, the third, you know, the 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 lesser of the Godfather sons, I guess. Um, Arnold ripping out a seat in a motor vehicle. Name something more iconic. Uh, him holding. It's not Bennett. It's the other guy in in Commando. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I lied. The and five foot one hundred forty pound guy that casts yeah. specifically so Arnold could hold him up by his ankle. One. There are a lot of good feats of strength in this movie. Although I feel like they undermine Arnold at the end of this movie. How so? Because so Richter flies out. Right. He yeah, yeah, goes yeah, on sure. the surface of Mars. No, and no, no. That's that not Richter. That's or, uh, sorry, Cohagen. Cohagen yeah, yeah, flies yeah. out. Okay. Uh, he needs to be out there first because he needs to die. He needs to fucking die. Uh, but. Melina is holding on too, and for me to believe that Arnold, Mister Fucking Universe, cannot hold on as long as Melina, is a bit of a stretch. Um, the grip strength on that hand on that railing—he'd been doing a lot of gripping though in this movie. He did fight Michael. But, it's, yeah, this is like I don't know. If this is uh, Arnold's most badass role because like he's intentionally trying to be an everyman. He's like a construction yes, worker. Totally. That's like oh my god, all this stuff is happening. But you got but, the feet of strength right. with him with the jackhammer. I mean, every. True. True. Like everybody loves to see that. And then you got him. I, there's other stuff. I can't remember. But um, I mean, he like uh, when his uh, buddy from work tries to buy him a drink. Mm-hmm. That's some feats of strength. He's just like like uh, he, he just wrecks those guys. Five dudes. Five on one. Oh, I love that shot. Like when he and kills the, the last guy, necks. and it's just like a wide shot of all the bodies and him right. falling. Yeah. It's very cool. Oh, and him pulling the cuff off the chair oh god that's a feat of strength that's yeah. excellent him him nailing but 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 I, I like that like scene where he's like oh my god what have i done like you don't usually see arnold like i think the sixth day is a little bit of that too but you don't see you usually see arnold like he's almost always like a former special forces or a military guy or a killable cyborg you don't usually see him like oh my god what have these hands rot you know <laughs> and there's a great scene of him doing that yes. um speaking of influential this movie influenced Duke Nukem, the video game, like How that doesn't have so? that doesn't have a holographic decoy if Total Recall doesn't exist. And I also doesn't, wonder if Duke Nukem really it. has the ability to shoot sex workers if it weren't for the pinpoint precision that this death goon squad. Like it seemed like they were sent there to shoot all the sex workers at the last resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the contribution this movie played to Duke Nukem. I actually like the. Um, that 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 holographic effect I think holds up. It looks really good. I think so. Yeah. What was the uh, movie we I, just saw where they had uh, two guys being? God, well, I just we just did a podcast on this. Harry um, Potter. No, it was two guys. <laughs> there. Uh, what was the movie where you had the, the two guys that are the same guy? Two guys are in a the lot Flash. of movies, man. What? The Flash. Thank you. We didn't do a podcast how on the does Flash. The, how does the Flash have worse body double effects than like Knight Rider had in the 1980s? I don't know, but they did. Michael um, Keaton. This this looks body, this looks really. Double? I thought this the holograph effects looks really good. Um, where are we at with prosthetic Arnold? What do you mean? <laughs> like his they, eyeballs? I love them. I think they like so like we're talking about the the scene where uh, he gets the briefcase and there's the auto uh, bug puller out of the sculler. Oh, I love it. It's they seamless. did it a little dirty on the teeth, though, right? <laughs> like, I 
like I get he's got the gap and he's got Fair. weird big Teutonic teeth, but aren't they? Uh, I thought they were pretty accurate. No uh, offense. It's a little Austin Powers to me. Yeah, a little Austin maybe. Powers. I don't know. There's there's something there's something in the the nose to the the. I think he's pulling a golf ball out of his <laughs> it's nose. Okay, huge, yeah. But it's something about the the nostril, the eyes, the teeth gap ratio that's off. I feel like they need another hmm. five hundred thousand dollars to film that properly. I don't know. I mean, this definitely inspired the Matrix, though, right? What the red pill and the yeah no I think this the is red, super and, and the like the belly button thing that they do in the Matrix that's I the almost navel? made that analogy yeah 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 Pulling would you rather have a golf ball pulled out of your nose or a scorp hideous techno scorpion pulled out of your belly button oh my god probably the belly button Pro yeah the navel I I don't know I feel like then I don't know man the belly button. That's like not I'm actually less... a hole. You understand that, right? <laughs> it used to be. You got a clear path to the, the, the sinus here. I could probably get three knuckles of my pinky up there. Like, oh. I'm halfway home. Oh, what There's have you been no doing in your spare time with your nose? Mm. Three knucks. <laughs> three knucks? <laughs> three knucks deep. The, the, the full palm technique. <laughs> uh, three knuck turns. Uh, I thought the there's very few of it, but the spaceship effects are way above average. Like that scene where he's taking the shuttle to Mars and they're landing at the spaceport, and you see like, uh, and again, this is very uh, yeah. almost like uh, John Carter from Mars, but like Deimos and Phobos are hu huge, like these giant twin moons. And Did you just reference a movie that nobody has seen. Well, probably that's that's I think I think John Carter. Yeah, no one did see that. But and and the atmosphere is just red as hell. I thought that the 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 whole transition from Earth, the get your ass to Mars. I thought that looked really awesome. I, yeah, I want to. Anybody who knows who's been listening to Bald Move lunches for a while knows that I'm getting into modeling. I really want to make one of those. Well, that physique you're rocking, of course. <laughs> Should Not get into modeling. Kind of modeling. That's <laughs> passed me by, man. I should have done that 15 years ago. Well, you got the. You got. You definitely get, yeah, looking good in that costume. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. The two weeks woman, two. Priscilla Allen. She's the one that the uh, you know has the uh, she she she's the disguise that Arnold wears. I want to put oh, yeah. a little bit of shine on the performance. She put her fucking back into that thing, man, and her Woo! lips. Everything, yeah. She's doing a little Arnold Payne kind of thing, but like I, I thought that was this. Um, again, again, it's 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 not real, but it's like in that Jason Argonauts like skeleton way. Like it looks like hyper real. It uh, yeah. It really sells the like you know like there's so many ways you can wear these like realistic masks. You can do the Ethan Hunt uh, Mission Impossible thing, or you can do this fully encased kind of. I, I still to this day don't know where the fuck this ear switch comes from. Mm -hmm. That looks like it just bisects your whole goddamn head. <laughs> but other than that, that it, it just looks amazing. And a lot of it is the actress's performance that she puts into it. Yeah, for sure. I and I honestly can't tell you how they did that effect because it's so seamless. Uh, I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing those really cute patent red leather heels, cowboy boots in that costume. You 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 don't really see him until he's getting sucked out, but like he's got you know he's wearing he's he's in full drag, and he's wearing these just like really cute boots. <laughs> okay. You see him kicking. You see him kicking as he's hanging onto the rail. You're like well, we're Red Riders, man. 
I only noticed Melina's big red boots. She has some huge red boots. Got to compete with Arnold. Yeah, she outdoes him. Uh, Can I talk about how obviously rough Mars is as a civilization? They have a Jack in the Box. (laughs) (laughs) Are their tacos still fifty-five cents? Because if so, that's pretty rough. I, I like what they do with Mars. So they have the rough area which is venusville and i don't know why they call it venusville is is there venusville on mars is it really venusville yeah that's like the where the is last it... resort is and stuff it's the shadier part of mars and they I have like the, the part where you get off the the space train or whatever the fuck you land in mm-hmm. uh and, and you get like the hyatt or whatever you get you get like the ritz yeah 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 you get the uh, th- shit, there's another hotel. But in the bad part of Mars, you get the best Western. <laughs> As is tradition. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a Hilton. It's a Hilton in the good part of Mars. I really enjoyed the fact that, like, when you're on, and I don't know, this is this is so Verhoeven, because how did you get paid? Every time, when, you, when you're on Earth, it's only Coca-Cola product placement. The second you go to Mars, Pepsi. There's some Coke on Mars. It might have been worth the social commentary just to show that, like, you know, <laughs> like, like it's so cutthroat that, like, Coca-Cola has successfully pushed Pepsi off of Earth onto Mars. I mean, weren't they advertising you, on the moon? Look, how, how, many t- how many people waited tables in this room? Lots. Is there a better, is there a worse feeling than when a person asks, uh, like, what do you want to drink? I'd like a Diet Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi ever okay? <laughs> Pepsi's never okay. Pepsi's what you serve filthy fucking Martian mutants, Get apparently. Get out of here. It's Diet Coke and regular Pepsi. It's Coke That's Zero superior at choice. the fucking top, number no, one. All the zeros can, can die on Mars. Can decompress. Do you remember that brief period from like the seventies to like I don't know about five years, ten years from uh, Total Recall, where you know you had the uh, the Viking probes that went to Mars, and they found a Pepsi. fucking face. <laughs> they, they found, found Pepsi. the Pepsi logo, a whole ass pyramid, and a face I on do Mars. The face, yeah. That's what made XCOM UFO defense work. That. <laughs> And then, then, then we sent like satellites that had more than like 0.3 megapixels, and they're like, "Oh shit, this pyramid's just like a hill, and this face is some kind of like fucked up crater." Like, but like they, they they build the whole thing. Like, I think the the Martian atmosphere factory is set in the pyramid on Mars that doesn't exist. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, great set. Set. Did you see how Verhoeven and the effects director came up with that? <gasps> no. Uh, the legend has a Verhoeven and this uh, effects guy were going over like desperate for inspiration for how to make this Martian reactor. And they were looking at like industrial books and books on trains and machines. And they were going through like 20th century skyscraper construction. And Verhoeven got frustrated and he threw this book on skyscrapers on the ground and landed upside down. And him and the set director looked at it like upside down skyscrapers. That's our Martian reactor. And if you Jesus. look at the Martian reactor, it's exactly like an upside-down New York skyscape, skyscape. And it looks great. That's okay. a hell of a set. This might lead into the topic that shall not be named. Not yet. We're not there. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, we're not but, there. But also, those upside-down skyscrapers show up in 
the screens before he goes into Total Recall. They show him those on the recall screens. That's true. That's true. Which they shouldn't know that because that was a Copenhagen exclusive. Yes. Although they have like random dudes on the subways talking about, yeah, I used to work at Miners Alien shit there. So I don't know <laughs> how closely guarded a state secret it was. <laughs> like but... a dude from ZZ Top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Falling on hard beard times. But yeah, pretty fair. Pretty safe. He uh, shaved recently. Pretty fair. Um. Can can I say the most buck wild thing in this movie? The most? The most. All right, I want to hear it. <laughs> what kind of fucking psycho? The the guy at the hotel. At the I, I think it's a it's a Hyatt. I don't know. The guy at the hotel who he says like, "Can I borrow your marker mm-hmm. to to see if this is my <laughs> right right my, right right my yeah. handwriting." It's a red cap on a black marker. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's that's insane. That's insane. It's it's it. The, the worst is a Bix black cap. Big's doing some weird shit up there, man. The worst I is. I get it. You're on Mars. Everything's red, but come on. It'd be slightly worse, I think, if it was a black cap on a red marker, because then you're like trying yes, to sign a legally yes. binding contract in red, and it's fuck. invalidated immediately. Fuck. We can't. This isn't binding. I can't get married. I can't buy this business. Um, oh, I've got some red markers up here on Mars. I want to know what Psycho thought. <laughs> I'm going to take a nightclub, a seedy nightclub on Mars, and I want to make sure it has every fluorescent light known to mankind in it. <laughs> and hold, yeah. I, I, I want to know, like, who designs a nightclub that looks like it's more brightly lit than outside? <laughs> This is the this last resort is the most brightly lit nightclub in human history. They're uh, full on two o'clock. The lights are on. Last call for alcohol. You can't stay here. You've got you, you, you don't have to. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I just think it's every time I see this movie, I think like, oh my god. There's like all the CD shit, the triple press, but it's so fucking brightly lit in there. Yeah, it looks like my high school cafeteria. Fair. I wouldn't want to go in there. Uh, I'm dr- as I'm drinking the the triple titty twister. T twister, the T twister. It's true. We got boulderized. <laughs> How do we feel about the uh, the triple breasted woman? I like her. I'm. It's a shame she got killed. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> she got this killed. It's not a sex thing. Come on, it's people. not not a sex thing. I think we can talk about. I sex think she things was here. a fine person, and she happened to have three tits. That do you want? But do you want three di- breasts? I don't I, have two hands. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I wish I had three. That's an but interesting that third. Although it's like an it's like an N64 controller. <laughs> right. Okay. I got I got a whole thing on this. I got a whole thing on this. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. Am I supposed to be like this? Am I supposed to be like yeah. this? What does a C button do? It I depends don't... on the game you're playing, man. Uh, you want. Yeah, you want some GoldenEye? You're going to be up on the... So we're foreshadowing on the fact that that mutant is going to betray them because he's like, I wish you had three hands. He actually has three hands. He's got the fake and the two. Oh, um, you're right. I, oh. I feel like the three breasts, like, what? yeah, we're not, design, we're not designed to do three breasts, man. Like, maybe, like, I, I was thinking of, um, like, you know who'd appreciate three breasts? <laughs> Please tell me. Ferengi. Ferengi? Because they have the double lobes, and when you're nestling in there, you're going to like it's going to like it's going to be like teeth in a gear. Look, you know, that's like oh my their God. lobes are going to be fully supported, and it's going to lift and separate. But for humans, it's just we haven't evolved to yeah. appreciate three three breasts. If only my lobes were bigger. Yeah, you need you need less breast or more lobe. 
yeah. fair. Maybe, but th- that's me sp- speaking as Earth scum. Um, uh, everybody noticed Dean Norris, right? This is as a the the cool mutant. I don't I don't know what to call him. Uh, he's got a name, Tony. Tony, uh, the head. Yeah, it's Tony. Um, he, Tony? he's unrecognizable. Now, if you know it's him, you can pick out his yeah. voice pretty easy. Every For time sure. he's talking, that sounds like Hank, Agent Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. But it's young, right? He's like thirty Very years young. younger. Twenty this years is, younger. This is going to be almost twenty years before Breaking Bad comes out. So yeah, this is baby faced Hank Schrader. <laughs> Babyface Hank Trader <laughs> looks, looks like he went through a car accident <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Not uh, as mutant as Kawato, though. Kawato is the most mutant mutant. Uh, I, I, before you get to there, okay. s- slow your roll on Kawato, man. <laughs> Can I, we talk about how Arnold does the worst job of explaining his situation to Melina? <laughs> like How so? I don't know. Like, I've always wondered, like, how do you explain yourself in situations like this? (laughs) Sure. But, like, I'm pretty sure just having open-ended conversations, like, where she's like, did you forget me? I don't know. Maybe I did. Like, why don't you just start off with what the fuck happened? Like, you know, this guy named Hager, he left a message for me, told me to get to my ass to Mars. Apparently, I want to say, like, anything but just like, I don't know. I'm just going to go in this with no, you know, I'm just going to improvise this. Like, I don't know. You you watch his. He's confused. He's confused. We're know. all confused. They they is needed this real? the is this not? they need to make the demure. What was it? It was demure and, and sleazy, sleazy angle payoff, so she can be like, oh, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna slap you, and then I'm gonna they love do. you, and then I'm gonna yeah, right like she's for hire. <laughs> sure, she's for hire. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Um, was the director of the recall operation getting his head blown off? Was this part of the plan? Uh, we're getting I, I, we're getting little I, tease of the conversation about whether yes. this is real or not. God, we're we're almost at eleven thirty, man. We gotta nope, cut this. Nope, soon. nope. We got fifteen minutes. We're gonna bring this in for landing. <sighs> Greater's is closed. I don't know that we can hang out after this. We There's gotta... always a bramble patch. It's less than a half mile from here. It's open till two thirty, <laughs> and it is. Dive. No, they've they've put some money into that post COVID. <laughs> it's my neighborhood water hole. <laughs> right. uh, no, no, seriously though, like who fucking sent this guy? Because like I I, I feel like himself. I need to see this six more times. He's, uh, so I have an opinion on this, but we can't talk about it yet because uh, we're not at the end it. of the podcast. I have an opinion on this, but he is he sent himself. The, the thing is, is, like, I love the sweat drop. I love, like, I think he sets a compelling story that, like, everything that happened since you had a schizoid embolism is fantasy. And I think it's interesting that everything he says that's going to happen if you kill me immediately happens. He said the walls of reality are going to uh, crash in. Second the guy gets his blo- brains blown out, the literal walls of the apartment explode and goons come out. You're going to be lost in the sauce. You're going to you're going to be uh, enemies of uh, Copenhagen. You're going to be his bosom buddy. You're going to you're going to you're going to fantasize about Martian technology. Your triple bosom, which is yeah, that's <laughs> exact, that's like fifty percent more than your regular bosom buddies. And you're going to you're going to uh, fucking shit. I've lost my point because of your triple bullshit. <laughs> You're gonna, oh, I'm he sorry. predicts the whole rest of the movie. He does. Several people predict the rest of the movie. Like True. McLean does too. Who's McLean? But, the doctor who doctor. He's not a doctor. He's the a salesman. salesman. The salesman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who sells him on the ego You're right. trip? You're right. 
Um, he predicts the whole movie. I, God, can we fucking talk about not it? Yet. <laughs> yes. Not yet. But then I right. think like the whole idea is like that uh, Copenhagen is using Sharon Stone and Ironside to to sell this whole thing. Like he's deliberately trying to get Michael Ironside, uh, Richter's wife, killed to set the hook. Cohagen is? Cohagen. Am I saying Copenhagen? <laughs> you are. But it's fine. People I've know what you mean. I've never got a name wrong before. Yeah, Co- no, Cohagen has, like, he's kind of bamboozled Richter as well, right? Richter is just a stooge. Because Richter is, is acting across purposes from him. So this is what they brought in, um, that second writer. They got, they're like, okay, we did all of the Philip K. Dick thing. Is this Goldsman or is this... Yes, this okay. is because uh, 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 yeah, there's O'Bannon and there's Shusit. They had uh, Shusit and O'Bannon, and they're like, we're getting to this the third act, and like we have this really cool like mind bending thing, and then like the last forty minutes is action. And D- Dino De Laurentiis does not want to make this fucking movie. And we what what do we do? And they brought in Goldman, and he introduced the idea that well, Corfquato as a mutant would be psychic, and he could read people's minds. And they did a little bit of reshoot to kind of like introduce this thread that Richter and Cohagen. Right? Co- Copenhagen. Copenhagen uh, are working at cross purposes, which is why he's so angry at Richter for much of the movie. He's like, if I wanted. Yeah. 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 Because he's trying to kill Hauser slash Quaid, right? Because he's like personal beef or something. Yeah. Well, he's been railing well, he's his, wife. That's, his wife. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of beef. <laughs> and he's way better looking and way musclier. True. True. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you're going with that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that either. Uh, Can I talk about the cheap ass domes they're building on Mars? Yeah, talk about it. If your if your dome that's keeping all the air in will crack with a gunshot, you need to build stronger domes. <laughs> and it's not just that these are the cheap domes because that's what I thought in the movie. I was like, oh, these are the cheap domes where the mutants live. No, in the fucking station that you arrive with the Hyatt, yeah. the fancy ass Hyatt and the Ritz. Is it fancy? No. This is it like uh, a frontier town? They have the cheap-ass domes, too, because Richter shoots through those. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, we just got a recent, again, too soon, but we got a recent example of what happens <laughs> oh, if you God. just take regulations and, uh, you know, <sighs> safety. Uh, uh, they say those are written in blood. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> again, too soon. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. I will say also the Rebels need better lookouts. Like, they're, it's amazing how fast they're converged on. Like, I get that there were double agents. Those big drill ships snuck up on them. But everybody snuck up on them. They're, 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 the mutations give finely honed, uh, <laughs> finely honed psychic abilities, but their hearing goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got converged on all sides just simultaneously. When Kawato reveals himself, is that painful? Because this guy, I couldn't tell whether he's or like very taking, pleasurable. Yeah, he's taking the most satisfying <laughs> shit possible or he's passing kidney stone. Somehow simultaneously this is happening. Yeah. On this guy's face. That was pretty freaky, right? I thought like, Quato. I love it. The, the guy that they got to do the voice acting, Quato, was really like like this really breathy John. Because you see this kind of horrifying 
uh, misshapen mutant, and he's like all slimy and stuff, but he sounds like a really breathy John Malkovich. He's very <laughs> okay. cultured, he's yeah. very mannered, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see him as the leader of this uh, Martian resistance band. But I, I do wonder if they would have been better off instead of making him look try to like Max disgusting. Like, well, he looks like Chucky from Child's Play. Covered in Hordak slime from 1980s era He-Man action figures, and I'm like maybe you pump the brakes on the slime a little bit, and you give him like more of a Yoda look, and like I don't uh, know, like why does he hairs. have to look so fucking disgusting? The ears. Why is he mucus? He's a mutant. He's a human body. Why is there mucus? Why is there mucus involved in this guy's chest cavity twin brother? That's fair. I mean the triple. Triple it's not coming T out of his nose. Didn't look disgusting to me. Right. Those those things were not covered in slime. <laughs> Fair. Dean Norris was, though. True. Yeah, uh, no, the, the, it's... You want him to look horrible because you want to be not sure if you can trust him. But at this stage of the game, I feel like it's already... That ship has sailed, right? I've been wanting to ask you this question for three weeks. Look at me, Jim. If it's not whether I think this is a dream or not, I'm going to fucking lose well, it's, it. It's, you're going to lose it. God damn it. Look at me. Look at, look at me, Jim. Look at me, Jim. Hold my hands. Have I ever fucked a mutant? Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. What the fuck are you doing when I say open your mind? I'm, I'm going numb. It's like I'm like if a, if a psychic mutant chest baby grabbed my hands and looked in my eyes with his toad eyes and said, "Open your mind." I'm like, I don't have muscles. Up. I don't. What the fuck am I supposed to do? All right, Crank. I don't open my mind. Get fucked, Crank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any part of like, this. Always does it, like, shit. Professor X always doing that shit too. Like, just open your mind. Don't. Worry. It's like, what the? How do I fucking know what that feels like? You're the psychic person. You know my shit. I don't have to cooperate with this. God yeah, damn. You think Spock, Open my Spock mind. Spock goes through this shit? No. Nah. He just grabs your hands and he does it. Fucking mind melds. Grabs your face. Isn't that? Yeah. That's a problem. Grab too far away. Uh, <laughs> Why does Cohagen let the people die without air? I think it's like he's he needs like, miners. But, but he needs miners to, do, to get his tritium or whatever the fuck it is. It, feel, it feels to me like what he really wants to do is like sell this lesson. He's like, like, I've killed the George it. Washington. Now I need to break you, and I don't let her have to put up with this shit for another whole generation. But People who are gonna is know. he going to get to mine his shit? I don't know. Like, it seems like there's always fresh assholes from Earth. Look at Arnold. It's going to take a while to get him you up know, there. Yeah, Arnold could do the mining of 20 men. <laughs> Fair. You, just, you, start, you start advertising in all of the construction zones of Earth, and you get all the hot 3C badass uh, That's air hammer champions to go to Mars. And just, yeah, it's take, I mean, did you see how he drilled that fucking... No, it was impressive. Who else could drill a fucking drill? Arnold drilled the drill to Stallone. death. I want to see that. So there is a cut scene. So this movie was going to be rated X. And several they, times, <laughs> several times over, and they were like, "Well, we have to cut some stuff. What do we cut?" And one of the things that they cut was Benny's death scene. Yeah. Instead of showing like the drill coming out of him and pushing uh-huh. in, yeah, they decided we're going to cut that, and that's going to get us an R rating. I heard that like it was the Benny and the ironically Human Shield. They had the they had the tone. <laughs> the, the Human <laughs> Shield was even down? more intense in the X rated version. Yes. <laughs> Holy yeah, that shit. was the toned down set, but but yeah, 
Um, I, I also love how Arnold can just, and for that matter, Melina can just shrug off a light industrial drilling. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, they get the arms. They get the just shoulders. this is the size of a fucking M1 Abrams tank with giant drills, and it pins them against a rock and gets to, and Arnold's, ah, and he just has a little bit of, he's got a little blood there. It's all right. I didn't mind blood. it. I didn't mind it. I felt like it was good. Like he it's drills like, the hydraulics. It's like when Wesley gets eaten by the R.O.U.S. and Princess Bride. He's got a little fucked yeah. up. Should be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He got lightly gnawed. He got lightly mauled by this drill. Uh, and and also boulders dropped under. We talked about the Arnold oh, and Melina. Right. The amount of Martian rock that fell. Now I guess it's one third Earth gravity. So maybe a rock hitting you the size of a basketball is like you know someone tapping you with a golf ball. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that seems like a lot of uh, cranial trauma. I take a lot of boulders to the head on Mars. What a great one-liner! Screw you. <laughs> yes. After you drill a drill to death. It's a lot of good one-liners in this movie. Uh, I really like the one where they're strapping Arnold and Molina into the memory machines, sure. and she's like. I'll bust his balls if you try and make me into his sex slave. I, it's weird. I'll bust his balls, and I'm like, Sharon Stone already did that three times. Yeah, they're thoroughly <laughs> he busted. He has no balls to bust. Yeah, all ruptured. Yeah. Uh, but then you get the feet of strength, right? Like, he busts out of those cuffs and yeah. starts killing people, and it's pretty badass. This came up in um, a recent episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but I'm fascinated by the evolving depictions of exposure to new vacuum, the near vacuum yes. in pop culture. Like, this is in the 890s. Like, we didn't know fucking shit. But then again, like, I get to the very end of Roger Ebert's review, and he takes this fucking movie to task, because Roger Ebert in 1990 fucking knew that your eyes do not shoot out of your skull when you're exposed to a vacuum. It's decompression, baby. What, Which is why he's my favorite film critic. He fucking, how did he know? I didn't know in the 1990s that your eyes wouldn't shoot out of your head through exposure to now. vacuum. You could tell me they shoot out, and I'd believe you. I swear to God, I feel like every five, it's like, um... If you are a Gen Xer and you feel like you know what dinosaurs are like because you saw Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. These fuckers got crests and throat sacks feathers? and feathers, and like half their skeletons are mixed. Mad like we, you don't. Yeah, you 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 need to shut up and listen to a five year old talk about dinosaurs for an hour because you don't know shit or mathematics. Yeah, there's there's STEM stuff. It's crazy. We get a lot of a lot of advancements in the chaos theory. Is what you're saying? No, it's multiplication. Uh, I know uh, the other thing behind the scenes detail is originally when they had, I guess, Venus Town running out of oxygen, Bill. that the director uh, Verhoeven wanted their Martians to be gasping, like dying, like, you know, like uh, having a realistic response to like running out of oxygen and uh, carbon dioxide. It's, it's ugly. People gasp. It's very spastic. It's very violent. And he got 100 extras on the screen. And I just want to do a test. I want for the next five seconds, you guys pretend like all the oxygen has gone out. Uh, I want you, I want to see people hyperventilating and desperately trying to pull oxygen in your lungs. Go. <laughs> These yeah, people this, sound this weird. This is fucking ridiculous. I understand. <laughs> they got the date. So they had the 100 extras doing this thing. And they got now the date. do it through your asses. They got... <laughs> The rectal breathing. I like that. <laughs> they they got the dailies back. They're like, this fucking looks ridiculous. So what are these people rolling on the ground? So like they decided to have them lying peacefully, kind of like struggling on in like a very grim, dignified on film manner. 
But I, I love the idea. And then idea. you simultaneously cut to Arnold with his eyes bugging out of his head. Realistic. Well, no, that's the thing is because like the early stages of them choking for air is peak unintentional comedy. Because like Arnold try, acting like he's about to die because there's no air in his lungs and his eyes about to. It's like uh, you think he's funny doing. Wah, wah, wah. That's just when he's feeling normal, relatable human pain. <laughs> he's just angry. When his eyes are about to shoot out of his skull because he's in a vacuum, give this man space to explore. He go like, even, and I'm not even talking about when they get the prosthetics out. Like he is him and the the, the lady there put on a performance. Yeah, you know, I so I have a feeling about the end of this movie that I don't know that the alien reactor thing would solve. Okay, oh. so it melts this water, right? Sure. I mean, I think the idea here is that the alien reactor melts this water and it sends the oxygen out onto the surface of Mars. Yes, very scientific. Yeah. Yes. This is this all tracks. How does it change the atmospheric pressure? How does it change the gravity? Quickly. <laughs> in about 30 seconds. It does that. I, I, I'm not sure this tracks. So every time I've watched this movie, because they, they mention when they go back and when Quato's exploding, he's opening Arnold's mind, um, there's this uh, scene that he sees Copenhagen and uh, Richter talking about uh, that the scientists are saying this is like a, this would be a global, this would be a planet-wide phenomenon. So I think that you're supposed to understand that like what we're seeing at the Martian Pyramid Factory is taking place all around the globe simultaneously. Yeah, Mars just doesn't have the gravity to hold on to the air that's being put out, though, I thought that it's was like, like over. Like that's like over like a hundred thousand. Sure, yeah. Like you're gonna, you can, you, like can, you, can put a, you can put as much, you can put as much atmosphere in Mars as you want. It's going to dissipate in like a hundred thousand years. I think you get a, you get a good thousand years of atmosphere. <laughs> All right. If that's... you turn the entire planet's core, which apparently is ice, into yeah, sure, that works. What about if it hits you with the concussion, concussive force of like an H bomb? I, what I if, do what wonder. What if this air comes right up your ass? Yeah, like a like a whole one, the fifteen psi, a whole uh, one bar comes oh, rolling 15. down a mountain at you. Yeah, four thousand, man. Four thousand? What are you talking about? I mean, it blew part. It's a volcano of air. Yeah, you get hit with a volcano of air, your orifices are gone. <laughs> your orify yeah. are not going to survive. Yeah, it's like a it's like a water skiing accident. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How, how Kevin Costner died on Waterworld. How fast does your face recover from exploding like two times its size? Yeah, it just just shrinks back to Arnold Schwarzenegger's that shape. Okay. Yeah. If you're Arnold, sure. If you're athletic and voluptuous, yeah. Are there going to be no more? Are the, the the mutants just kill off their whole bloodline? Are there going to be no more mutants left? No, they lived. Well, I know they live, but are there going to be any more? Because the whole reason oh. mutants exist is because cheap domes and bad air. Now well, you got, got a whole atmosphere. They got those bad genes. They got those messed up genes. So I so assume they can keep, they'll make more mutants. So, like, you don't, yeah, you already had the mutation. You just, uh, yeah. I think so. I think you there get, will you be get, mutants you get Dean forever Norris on Mars. and the uh, the the psychic woman, and and they already had a, a, a clairvoyant. Yeah, you just keep that good, good thing going. Yeah. All right. Why not? Let's make mutants on Mars. I'm all for it. Jim. Please, I'm, let's talk about I'm it. I'm finally prepared to talk Thank about the Jesus. nature of Quage reality. You've, you clearly have a lot to say. Go. I am with Verhoeven, who, you know, death of the author and all. Sure. Fuck that author. But He's I'm with dead. Verhoeven. I think this is all a dream. I think none of this is real. 
And I think the strongest case you can make for that is that we see the POV of Richter and Cohagen outside of uh, Quaid's, Hauser's POV. What are you talking about? What do you mean? We see them doing things outside of Arnold's POV in this Why movie. would that be an Arnold dream? Because I don't ever dream about other people's shit in my dreams. It's all about me, baby. <laughs> I don't have interludes where other people woman. are doing shit. It's just, nah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, I think you're right. This. Let me, so here's, all... I, I think there's, there's three, there's three planks that uh, you got to, you got to consider. Planks. Oh shit. Planks of reality. It's a real ship of reality thesis here. Uh, so you got McLean. Out. He pitches a secret agent ego trip to Quaid. He tells him that, like, in this trip, he's going to get the girl, kill the bad guys, save the entire planet. Spells it all out. Yep. yep. When the doctor is tossing Ernie, which you'll recall gets the shit slapped out of him. Oh, that's Ernie. It's so quick you miss it. He goes, oh, when he sees the chip, he's about to plug in the arm. He goes, oh, that's a new one. Blue sky on Mars. Mm-hmm. And then when Quaid threatens to shoot Dr. Edgemire at the Hilton suite, he says, like, you know, like we already talked about this, like everything, you know, your reality is going to come crashing in and verbatim what happens is the rest of the movie. And what I think is like what settled my mind is a fourth plank. Surprise fourth plank. I'm going to kick one Farrow of these planks out deliberately chose to do a, not a fade to black, which is what you usually see at the end of the movie, but a fade to white. Which he describes as like his, like, you know, trying to just. Death of the author. Death of the author. Author's dead. But before he died, he said, I intended this fade to white to represent in the audience's mind some uncertainty about whether the final thing that was supposed to happen to him was the lobotomy. Okay. Which is why Tony Soprano's still alive. How do you explain? Because that was a fade to fucking black. That's conventional. <laughs> no, no. Tony got killed. Okay. Tony got killed. All right. How do you explain the dream of Molina? The beginning of this movie, he dreams of that exact person. That, and that's So that's the inverted opposite fade to white because I don't think it has an explanation. Because if you say – because Verhoeven also says the first 20 minutes are real – then if he's already dreamed this woman, mm-hmm. which I think is great, though, with the director's like, oh, just listen to yourself, Mr. Quaid. You're talking about... But, like, if he's already dreaming this woman, then it has to be real. You would think so. So I don't think there's a way to tell whether this movie this is real. This is like a Blade I... Runner situation where if you... Or like a, a Soprano situation where if you sift all the evidence, there is... I don't is, think so. This isn't an inception where if you sift all the evidence, there's... This is... This is I, I think you're right. I think this is the 50th, 50th... Yeah. No, they specifically did a rewrite of this movie to make it more ambiguous. Yes. And I think they made it too ambiguous. Like, there are so many contradictory things like in this it, movie. No, it's it's an endless source of discussion, but I think there's no way to actually say definitively whether or not this is and real. And the, the last line of dialogue is openly calling into question the reality. Right. She's like, you know, what? I just have this horrible feeling. What if it's a dream? And she's like, oh, kiss me before, and boom, fade to white. Why, why would the Dr. Edgemar be sweating? If this wasn't real, right? Like, right. That drop of sweat is pretty indicative, but like, there's so many other things that say this literally sweating bullets. Real. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I guess the thing. It's like I uh, when we picked this movie, I'm like, all right, it's the Arnold, going, ah, ah, his eyes shoot out, and it's the triple boobs, and like this is gonna be a ridiculous <laughs> movie. But I, this is the fourth time the, tonight's the fourth time I've watched it in like two weeks. I, 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 I've walked away with a newfound respect of like how finely crafted. I know it's ridiculous talking about this movie, but I think this the underlying plot's pretty finely crafted. 
I've had a few drinks. And I know I I got this wrong this is also a true. moment ago. Yeah, but how can you explain the POV in this movie? Because if it's not real, why is Quaid seeing the POV of Richter and the POV of Copenhagen? If it's real, why the fuck would <laughs> yeah. he see it? If it like, Copenhagen, what? I'm, I'm like, I, I think it's better. It's like if it's fake, why would if it's he not see real? It? Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I see what you're saying. This time, that's what I said. <sighs> yeah, I don't like because because uh, like uh, like a embedded meta. agent memory. Why would they? Why would they include that? It's a little meta because you can say like, well, they're telling a story in this movie, right? And they right. just want to have you clued into it. But like, that to me is the most definitive thing of like this must be real because he sees different. Yeah, POVs. No, when they come back to like in the J- a Jason Bourne film, you don't ever see like. Why would you see the other assassins POV? Right, right. You do occasionally, but that's a story they're telling, right? Not yeah, like you, you don't see the Washington this is DC a memory guys. trip. You're yeah, on. You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, I got, I, I, again, I think it's one of the things where it's it's truly irresolvable. It's like which evidence so. do you want to put give primacy to? Um, and and there's uh, so many of these little details that say is it real or isn't it real yeah you know just like you're the girl of my dreams at the beginning of this movie right with sharon stone i don't know is that a turn of phrase or is that like them like leaning on the scale yeah uh, but I, I kind of because like I can't think of another movie that is this successful. Like I, I can think of like all three seasons of the Leftovers approaches. Like you know, its thesis at the end is like, which do you want to believe? But like this is you know, again on its own terms, it's pretty successful at doing what it's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like uh, that uh, uh, Gary Goldman gets a lot of credit for. Her. I keep wanting to hear Gary Oldman when I read this name. <laughs> what are you talking about, but, Jim? Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about when it comes to total? There are so many other things to talk about. We're out of time. We're we we've, 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 we've talked too much, uh, too much, but I think this has been a great kickoff to the badass season. Uh, we've got a ton of, so we got demolition man. Uh, we got uh, Bruce Willis asteroid. It's no the f- asteroid <laughs> Armageddon. Thank you. <laughs> Bruce Willis, Animal Crackers. I would make an excuse about being too drunk, but this is just how I am. Uh, then we have uh, Bruce Lee, first appearance in the Badass Fest. He's actually on the Mount Rushmore. An asteroid. Enter the Dragon, his magnum opus, turns 50 this year. We're going to be doing that as yes. the hammer for the Badass Fest. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for coming out. It's been I've had a lot of fun. I'm going to see if I can talk this guy into let us do this again sometime. Uh, I don't know if we'll have the muscle suit back. Maybe we'll have two muscle suits. I don't know. But, yeah, th- thanks for coming out and uh, seeing a podcast, seeing a great movie. It's been a wonderful time. Uh, give yourselves a round of applause. And I hope there you guys, if you're staying, uh, lots of stuff to do in the Queen City this weekend. I, I had the stuff on the live. Uh, the other thing I didn't mention is uh, in uh, Cincinnati's having uh, their big uh, pride celebration this weekend. So if you got nothing else to do, there's a giant part. Giant parade starting at eleven o'clock downtown. It ends at Sawyer Point, which is a beautiful park downtown. It's I've I've been many times. There's free concerts, lots of great food, lots of great like-minded people. If you want to check out that, um, but yeah, enjoyed the Queen City and thanks for coming out for Badass Fest Five. Thank you. Thank you.